The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. episode of On The Rag. This is a podcast for all about lady business and basically whatever else we feel like talking about. I'm joined today, well my name's Alex actually, let's get that out of the way. I'm joined today <laughs> by Leonie Hayden Kia ora. and Michelle Court. Hello. It's a wonderful day. If we sound a bit fatigued and hot, it's because we are. <laughs> We've just been filming some stuff for the spin-off TV, so... Keep your eyeballs We've out been for in that. the studio for days. Been in the studio for <laughs> that days. That was like a workout. Now we're going on the proper run. And now we're doing the real thing. Um, before you get into it, big thanks to our friends at the Women's Bookshop who make this podcast possible. Go see them on Ponsonby Road. Tell them on the rag sent you. We love it when that happens. Or buy their lovely books online at www.thewomensbookshop.co.nz. We've got a book giveaway this month. We're giving away Gone to Pegasus by Tess Redgrave which is set in Dunedin in 1892 during the growth of the suffrage movement. So this woman, 23-year-old Eva, is left to fend for herself after her husband is put in a, a, a I don't know, how, can you say like an asylum? Is mm-hmm. that so okay to say? Probably what they were called then. The blurb said lunatic asylum, and I was like, oh, I don't know, can we say? <laughs> I guess it's appropriate in the context of the history. Yeah, that's it historically accurate, it I guess. ages ago. So yeah, if you want to win that book, head to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash pod for a chance to win. We've also got a very exciting new private on the rag group, oh, which I love. It's really fun. It's going off in there. There's like yeah, 350 people in there already. Really? Mm-hmm. 350 of our closest friends. It's just a close, intimate little chat where um, you can, you know, share your, air your grievances. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people have been doing, which I've really enjoyed in like a safe space. It is closed, so there was like a code word to let people in, but I was just letting everyone in because people made up code words and they were all so charming. (laughs) I was like, come on in. Oh, that's really nice. (laughs) Um, I thought this month our password could be sentient dolly. (laughs) Password sentient dolly on on the On The Rag page. You can just search On The Rag. It's called On The Rag 24-7, sorry, and that's the numbers, 24 slash 7. So, yeah, I guess we should chat. On the no, on the speaking of sentient dollies, yes. The last thing that we did together, well, before all the, th- the stuff we filmed today, was the spin-off TV <gasps> makeup chit chat. Get ready with me, yeah. 
we're, we're influencers now. We're beauty influencers, everyone. I, so. I think I influenced someone to buy a lipstick. When did, did you? you? Yeah, I actually did. Me too. And I'm going to buy that, the red that you had. Does that mean people will start sending us free stuff now? I can better. I'll smash them if so. they don't. There's nothing in my letterbox. I'll take anything. Yeah. Vouchers. Mm. Just your scrap, you know, your old your rubbish. Yeah, the, the <laughs> piece that you bought that you don't want to use. Expired, used, makeup <laughs> sponges. Alex yeah. is taking those. I just think they get better with age. <laughs> I know you're supposed to throw them out every five minutes, but. I tell you what I did after we recorded that. Uh, I went and bought one of those uh, I don't even know what they're called. The sponge thing that you bump on your face. The beauty blender. Beauty blender. Beauty blender. You were doing an amazing hand gesture just then. Can I'm I just say that? That was I'm not safe for work. In your ears. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got one of those. I haven't used it yet. Don't know how to, but I've got one. Just you make sure it's one, wet, I, but not damp, but not too damp. Okay. I shouldn't get my partner to do that. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> get it wrong. Get it right. <laughs> so I'm um, going to look much more smooth and matte from here on. Blended. Yeah. Great. Mm. It was. I really enjoyed filming that because there was a lot of interesting. I wanted to sort of talk about something that you brought up. If you haven't watched this, by the way, it's in. It was in the last episode of the spinoff TV, which is episode ten. There also the clips are on our Facebook page. We basically filmed an hour long, just doing our makeup and talking about the complexities of makeup and keep you know throwing out your beauty blenders and all yeah. those sorts of things. So hot tips, but we also talk politics of makeup. Yeah, and I think you made a really good point, Michelle. You were talking about. Um, the particular business that you are in yes. and the pressure that's on older women and how that, you know, manifests within you. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Well, so uh, it's such an interesting thing to me that um, you've got two choices, it seems, but I don't know that they exist completely separately. One is that you uh, fit in with the way the world thinks you should look or you change the way the world thinks women should look. Mm. And and you have to make choices between those two things all the time. So what happens for me is that, like I, to- I told you, I didn't start wearing makeup until I started working in television when I was 28. Mm. And, um, and I want to keep doing stuff on stage and the odd thing on telly. So there's an ageing thing, there's a cutoff for women where you are no longer... Um, the kind of face that the kind of person that people want to look at. So your choices then, my choice is my choices are I either don't do that kind of work or I uh, try to look younger or less old. I don't know if there's a difference mm. between those two things. Or I try to encourage the world to accept that people who look like your mum might be really funny mm. and entertaining. And so, I, you know, I'm trying to do a couple of those things. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to not look 75, but I'm also wanting <laughs> Easy to... Easy considering yeah, you're 50 yeah, many yeah. years away from but, 75. I mean, I, I, I mean I, I'm also really aware that I'm pushing 60 now and that feels I'm having my own internal um, surprise moment with mm. that because mm. I've always thought of 60 as quite old and I don't feel old because on the inside I'm 18 so <laughs> so I want to kind of hold that back and I you know I have facials and I spend money on makeup and I la 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 but I would also quite like the world to understand that women of my age still have something to say yeah mm. and all of that responsibility and those 
complexity that all falls on you, right? Yeah. No one else is making these decisions. No one else is going to break that ground or yeah. give you a shot, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Young men are fine with being entertained by dad. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Dad they jokes are a classic of the genre, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah so... So it's something that I am uh, thinking about a lot. There was a very interesting interview with, between Kim Hill and Lizzie Marvelly at the weekend where Kim asked some quite searching, challenging questions of Lizzie about her, because she's got a new book out, about her approach to appearance. And, um, and it again made me think, I mean, Kim's challenge was don't fit in with the way the world is. Isn't it your job to change the world? And yes, it is, but it's also our job to uh, make a living. Mm. Mm. Yes, of course. And if you can use those little things to your advantage, you know, yeah. while you've got them and spread a message of a different, you know, like you can't do it all. That's such a hefty yeah. ask to literally change all of the systems around you. Yeah. yeah. Just so you don't wear lipstick. I don't know. Like it's, it seems weird to me. I love wearing lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some of it's self expression. Uh, yeah. And, um, and, you know, you can see it in our, in our chit chat that we really enjoy painting. Pictures, yeah. you know, mm. painting our faces. Mm. Something I've also been thinking about, which has been coming up a lot more around people my age, and I've seen it in the beauty influences that I watch, is people getting um, preemptive Botox, like in their twenties, right, to flatten everything out before, yeah, you know, the storm comes, which is wow. living and aging and experiencing, and I find it. That's where I really get a bit confused. Yeah. Because, of course, we have the right to do whatever we want. Mm. Of course, you can make whatever choice you want to do, whatever to your body. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to have to do that. But yeah. then that makes me feel like I have to do that. No. Like, pre, like flatten it all out before bad stuff happens. God. Um, but it's all those choices that you have to make along the way about how far you'll go. And mm. Like, I wouldn't do surgery because I'm terrified of knives and general anaesthetic but I'll right. do I have my face uh what, what's it called microdermabrasion I think of it in my oh, head as being you. licked That's by a cat scrub the yeah. it's like little diamonds isn't it like little, I think it's diamonds I think yes. it's diamonds I think oh my god exactly Michelle it. gets the diamonds rubbed <laughs> on her face oh la la so I have that <laughs> painful but posh well it doesn't hurt it's like being licked by a cat really. oh okay and it just takes Lovely. off the dead cells apparently so mm. I'll do that I'll do and you know so there are things that I have agreed Yes, I'll embrace that. Yeah. I wouldn't have a facelift. Yeah, and I find it hard because I'm like talking about this Botox stuff and really that's exactly the same as I've started taking eating collagen powder oh, every yeah. morning because yeah, I want yeah. to glow You're like Millie Holmes in Greece and Santorini, <laughs> even though I live in Sandringham. <laughs> I want to be a beautiful Grecian princess. And that's not really any different to getting Botox. Yeah. It's just one is more intrusive than the other. So I re also, if you're listening and you've had Botox, I'm not placing no. judgment on you. I'm just talking about the, the push and pull and yeah. within all of us. Mm. But, yeah, the collagen um, is making me grow a beard. <laughs> so that's cool. I've never had more hair. But I've started growing all these extra it's, baby hairs. It's glowing like Am the sun. Am I growing? Yeah. I feel disgusting. Really? You're always. Well, you look beautiful. Great. Thank you. You look lovely. I mean, I can't tell the difference. You always look lovely. My, my nails are growing like crazy. So yeah, it's actually working. But again, you know, I so, spent $120 on some powder that's just like ground up fish guts or something. <laughs> and you know, mm. why did I do that? I also want to say to anybody that does do a facelift that I think that's great too. It's just, I'm just scared of scalpels. And mm. it's yeah, all same. those. I don't think it's about what you wear. I think it's, a, I think it's about us. 
investigating within ourselves why we make those choices. Yeah. What is it? Like I am doing whatever it is that I do to keep fucking working. Mm. I want to have a career and I'll fight some of it, but I can't fight all of it. Mm. 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 It's very sad. Yeah. I'm starting to see more women over 50 on television in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have any for a while, but, you know, you get to see Ali Moore now and then, and I think that Hillary is 49. We have far fewer old women on television than they do in America or Australia. Mm. Far fewer. Really? Yeah. I remember thinking how great the character of Cheryl was in Outrageous Fortune yes. when that first came out because yes. she wasn't just an old actress. She was like a sexual being and she had she was funny and she was feisty and mm. I really thought that sort of set the standard quite high yeah. for the types of roles women would continue to get here. I'm not I'm not sure they have. No, no. I can't think of with many others like Cheryl, yeah. No, and see, interesting, in the in the prequel series, they've gone way younger. Yeah, it went backwards. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, before we move on, shall we share some of our cool tips of the month? We like to share some things that have made our lives easier to you. And I've also got some from our listeners from the On The Rag page. Cool. So Yay. Would you like to start, Leonie? I forgot to get a tip. <gasps> You've got heaps of tips. You always like you spouting tips to me. I remember thinking I have an angry, like, don't ever do this as a tip, but that, <laughs> that was just me feeling grumpy about something. Um, you're gonna, I, I might come out with something by the end of the pod. Okay. Think on it. What about you, Michelle? Have I told you about the hotel keycard trick that I have a fake hotel keycard in my wallet, which doesn't get you into the door, but it gets you to turn on the lights and heating in a hotel. So if you're oh. travelling um, some places give you one key card and it activates the lights and the television and the heating and so in winter you can only turn the heating on when you're in the room oh. but because you have to put your key card into the little slot so I have one that I accidentally, I didn't steal it, I accidentally <laughs> took it from a hotel once and now I carry it in my wallet and so I to use that to turn on the heating in the room so that when I go out to do a show and get back at 11.30 at night, I don't come back to a refrigerated room. That's so mm. clever. That's very clever. And so they just work. So could you just you use, just, like, you a, use any kind of key card? Yeah, I could like also use my – You could use an f I wouldn't, though, because I think the electronic strip on the back um, might get munted. Mm. So that's why I've used an, that an otherwise smart. useless card. That's really smart. Thank you. Um, I have a tip about, I've been thinking a lot, kind of pivoting off the sanitary waste thing about how to cut down on using wipes. I don't know if I've shared this tip before. So I went to the chemist warehouse, my favorite place mm. on earth at St. Luke's. Oh, it's so great. Where everyone gets a bargain, as they say. And I bought um, <laughs> these like five little flute, they're little like fluffy face cloths um, and they're reusable and they just remove all your makeup without any product. And they're like, it's like $8 for a pack of four. They're like special microfiber. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something. And you just wet them and it takes all your makeup off. Yeah. So there's no product and there's no waste. Micro, mi- yeah, microfiber. No wipes, no cotton pads. So Are could... they impregnated with something? No. No. So you it's could... just the, the, the softness. Can you wash them and reuse them? And yeah. you wash them and reuse them. <gasps> yeah, exactly. So you take them in the washer. One of the Chloe Morello, one of the beauty oh, yeah. influencers, has shears in one called Face Halo. And yes. she uses it in her videos all the time, and it's just water. It's amazing. And it takes like off, like, the, you know, like, better than sex mascara, which just doesn't move. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it does sort of stain the thing, but once That's you wash it, it, it's 
it's totally fine. So that's my tip. I highly recommend investing in a pack of those because yeah. it saved me heaps and heaps of wipes that are going into that's the That's good. Earth. Anything that you're not disposing, you no disposable stuff is good. Yeah. I've also got two. These two tips are actually um, in line with something we like to talk about a lot, which is little go-to one-liners that you wish you had in all those yes. situations. And there's been some amazing submissions. Um, Tess wanted to share... She's come up with like kind of in the vein of your <laughs> Leone's going shame. Oh yeah, <laughs> someone, hers is a great suggestion. When someone um cat calls you, she said I wanted to tell you guys about something dumb and fun that my friend and I have started doing. We've started reappropriating. That's what she said for feminist purposes. <laughs> your gal has written a really great essay. That's what she said. Your gal's made a really good point in a conversation. That's what she said. A man repeats a point a woman has made and passes it off as her own. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Bonus points if it's said in the exact same tone as the intended audience. Beautiful. That's so, so simple. Love it. Just turn it around. I, I mean, that's it. what she said is appropriate in every in every occasion. It's yeah. the perfect joke. anyway. Yeah, but that's even more perfect. I really like that. And there was another situation which was posted in the, on the rag page where a woman had one of those moments where a, a guy at a pub quiz was just an asshole and said something really lame and sexist to their group. And a couple of people sounded off in the comments with what they would do in that situation. Meredith said her strategy is to just say, oh, you must be so embarrassed to have said that. <laughs> I love that. And yeah, then just watch them one. put the pieces together. And Abby's was a classic. Um, a big fan of making them repeat themselves and explain it to me yeah. until they realise it was a terrible thing to say. So just keep saying, "Sorry, what, sorry, do, you what do you mean? I don't understand. Sorry, what did you say? What? Sorry, Why are you what, saying? Why that? is that funny? What is, what is the, the? What is the joke? What was your point? Can yeah. you? Can you put that in other words? <laughs> so put those uh, in your back pocket. Very useful. I love you must be so embarrassed to have said that. Yeah, it's really imagine if you said it really witheringly. Yeah. Oh, it's it's delicious. New segment. I haven't told you about this. Oh. Ask a ragger. I've asked people to submit their conundrums. Oh. I'm going to put them to you. Oh. In an agony aunt With no preparation. With no preparation. Right. This is, we do it on the fly here. I love it. So this is from Elizabeth. She says, my brother is always asking, I think her brother is a teenager. I think he's 15. Is always asking questions about feminism and his questions are always about where he fits and how he should interact with feminism. He asks... If it's a biological fact that women aren't as strong as men, and I say you throw like a girl to someone whose past fell short, is that not just me stating a fact? My answer is always something about assumptions, but it brings me to my point. How can we answer these questions for the young men in New Zealand without making them feel like we're, they are attacking someone? How can we make a space for them to ask these questions, and is there a space to celebrate men being men like there are women being women without it being perceived as toxic? Mm. It's a heavy question. It's a good heavy question. question. And it sounds like if her brother is he's is he it sounds like he's being genuinely curious. Yeah. He's he's looking for um the evidence and the data and the hey, please unpack this idea for me. So yeah, so I don't know about the the spaces where men can ask those questions. I feel like they should be creating them for themselves rather than asking women to provide all the answers for them. That's true. But to begin with, the reply to him about um, men are physically stronger than women, um, that's not – as a generalisation, that's true, but there are women who are stronger than men and physical strength isn't everything in the whole world and – you are character. Can you see that you are characterizing a group of people as being less 
then another group of people would be mm. a good place to start that mm. conversation. But as for the spaces, I think men have to make some. Mm. I also think statements like that, I think it's helpful for this young man to realise that statements like that aren't standalone statements said into a void. There's, there's no void at this point. There's nothing but context for mm. statements like that. And there's also a thousand other statements that have been said that use exactly the same words that are meant to denigrate women. It's not a statement of any kind of fact that's actually been used to make women feel less. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think realising that you aren't a smarty pants who is making a clever point into a void, you're actually adding to a dialogue, adding to a conversation that started centuries ago. Mm. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. he's not a young man who's just discovered that, gen- that there are differences in men and women's DNA. He's not that smart, you know, like he's yep. discovering something that people have been talking about for a really long time. Mm. Like I feel like being aware that the things that you say are just contributing to larger conversations is a helpful thing to do as well. Yeah, yeah. and so maybe maybe one of the things that she could say to him is, here is how I feel when you say this. This is how it impacts yeah. on me because mm. this is the kind of world that I live in. And I think if he's genuinely being curious about it, what I might do to save myself days of energy and mental exhaustion is give him the book We Should All Be Feminists to read Mm. and Mm. tell him to come back with his questions because then because the the work of laying that basic knowledge is there in the book which is fantastic and then he can come back and say okay I don't understand this bit or I disagree with this bit but at least you've got some common ground to work on Mm. together that's a great idea and also, like, the goal of feminism as well is to celebrate men being men, you know? it's yes. This is, like, another big sort of misunderstanding. It's about freeing it, you know, we, yeah. we I think people get coloured by the phrase toxic masculinity, like, that's what everyone thinks about every single man, when in actuality that's a goal that everyone should be working towards and that if we erode that, that's, that is celebrating men being Absolutely, men. Absolutely, because I bet there are things about being a man that he doesn't like, that he doesn't feel comfortable with, that he Mm. feels constrained by. And maybe those kinds of conversations would be really helpful too because once he understands that there are bits of being a man that he doesn't feel comfortable in, then he can empathise more easily with the idea that prescribing how women should be is not great either. Mm. Mm. There you go, Elizabeth. I'd like to move on to maybe a less understanding group of people. We're going to talk about TERFs, which <laughs> makes me feel sick. <laughs> if you don't know what TERFs are, it stands for Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminists. And they exist. They exist in New Zealand. Um, they have been in the news kind of recently. You might have seen in Wellington there were some posters put up by a quite notorious TERF uh, activist um, which said suffragists worked for the female sex Stop rewriting history, which is in regards to the um, the for changing the uh, being able to easily change your gender on your forms, and, yes. and also just speaking to the entire trans movement yeah. as something which is bad. So people started tearing these posters down, and there was a bit of a debate with um, Phantom Bill stickers, the the place that published it, and all of that. Mm. <sighs> I mean, it pains me that we even talk about this on this podcast because I don't think they deserve the word feminist in their 
yeah. title. I was saying before that I don't like to tell anybody how to do feminism and, and but I just I feel so horrified that this comes out of somebody who purports to be a feminist because feminism is is supposed to be about protecting the most vulnerable. Mm. And feminism has always, should have always, connected us with all the people that need um, protection. Mm. You know, feminists have always been involved in the civil rights movement, or should have been. That's right. And in the class struggle. And it's, uh, yeah, and so shunning, turning your back on trans women horrifies me. And it's it's a weird characterization they have of describing a man putting a dress on and saying I'm a woman and I can come into your bathroom or go to your gym for a workout who does that (laughs) yeah this is what I don't understand like they they think that um this movement is going to cause this uprising of these men but look around us men are like abusing us hurting us Every day as men. They don't need to. They don't want to get paid yeah. 12% less. Yeah. It really, it's exactly the same level of ignorance that the sort of incel movement have about women. You know, yeah. these women clearly don't know what trans people go through, what it's like to live, to be identified as something that you're not. Mm. And then to go through the pain with it. And you can, how can you even just look at the statistics among trans kids? Like, yeah. You know, the, the suicide statistics are through the roof. Yeah. Like, how could you look at that and think that a struggling 14-year-old who's trying to find where they fit in the world is, can somehow be just a guy wanting to put on a dress, yeah. you know? Yeah. I would, frankly, I, I my struggles in life have never matched anything no. like any of the mm. trans people no. I know, any of the bigotry no. they've faced, any of the pain that they've been through. You're right. It's just it's so uh, unsisterly, and really that's not. I don't think that that's what feminism's about either. No. Mm. And when, like, I mean, I can only speak from like trans people that I've interviewed and that I know, but the crippling anxiety that even comes from trying to use the right bathroom, mm. and these stories of people that you know at school or at uni just give themselves bladder infections because they are terrified, you know, to walk into the woman's bathroom as a trans woman. It's like. How could you see that as a threat to your, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it defies belief and it's incredibly infuriating. It yeah. just, I, because spend a minute imagining that you woke up tomorrow as, if you're a woman, and you woke up tomorrow as a man and how that would feel and the places that you would have to go and the way you would have to deal with people and the way people would see you and how that just doesn't fit with your own understanding of who you are. It would be horrifying. And so that's what they live mm. all the time. Mm. And I, it's, I don't understand why any feminist wouldn't embrace her trans sisters. Mm. And to plaster it around Wellington under the guise of the suffrage. I'm pretty sure Kate Shepard and the rest of the suffragists uh, would have been very open to all the people that weren't allowed to vote because they, yep, to to anybody who was outside of being a straight white man landowner. Mm. Well. Boo turfs. Boo. Boo turfs. Get off our turf. Just be a bit more kind. 
as yeah. well, you know? Yeah, That's what really. it comes down to. Like, why are you putting up these walls? We're all in the same fight, aren't we? Yeah, I still don't really get what they're frightened of unless it's a sort of cultural thing about anybody that's got a penis. Mm. And I literally mean that. It's about anybody that's got a penis. Mm. Mm. You're not welcome here. <laughs> Is that, I mean, we are an inclusive, you know, welcoming podcast, but that means that we, you know, we welcome intersectional feminists yeah. and trans people and non binary people. Here. People who are racist aren't welcome exactly. here. Exactly. And um, anti Semites aren't welcome here. And I don't think TERFs are welcome here. Transphobic people, turn off right now. Confession corner. Do you have. A feminist sin that you would like to confess to this month? Ooh, everyone's thinking. I couldn't think of anything that I was ashamed of this month. Yeah, I've no, got one. Either. I've got one. Yeah, let's hear it. So if you have been following me on any form of social media or watched the television show or seen me, I ripped my calf muscle <laughs> playing netball and I haven't shut up about it. So I've been in a moon boot. But the feminist confession is the moment that I did it and I knew that I had really injured myself, my first thought was, I haven't shaved my legs. <laughs> I haven't shaved my legs in like two months. <laughs> and I was like sitting on this, I had to get propped up on this chair and everyone kept coming over and I was like, don't look at it. <laughs> I didn't want anyone to see it. Like, And this is full growth. This is like Yeti. Winter. Winter <laughs> and the collagen's Winter been making money. You know? It's like double hairy. And I just, I can't believe in that moment where I, you know, I've given myself a semi-serious injury that's going to take two months to heal. And I sort of was like, can I go home and shave my legs before I go to the A&A? <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just living with it now. Like I'm into it. This yeah. is now to the to the physio, to all the doctors, to all the people that have touched my leg. This is just my state because now I'm in a bind. Because now I've been to the you know the male physio multiple times, and I'm like, if I shave my leg, oh. am I going to look like I'm like cracking onto it, putting on the ritz? <laughs> <laughs> Or is he a health official? So either a not going to give a shit, or b not notice so. at all. You'll notice. It is noticeable. <laughs> no, but well, it's for a you. great level of overthinking there, Alex. Uh, yeah. No, I think it's great. See, you are out there on the front lines changing the way the world views what normal and natural is. Exactly. Thank you. You're so welcome. See, that, that physio is going to look at somebody with shaved legs one day and go, oh, my God, what have you done? Where's your hair? Doctor, you need to come and see this. <laughs> Yes, that's my confession. It's just it, it made me laugh a lot. Like you know, when you're outside your body, you can see how stupid you're being, but you still yeah. are like, "This feels real to me. This feels <laughs> this feels bad." Okay, is that the end of our confessions? Have you I both had quite so. a good month then. That's, yeah, maybe yeah. we're getting better. I'm not shaving my legs, but no one's seen them, so it's all good. <laughs> see, but wait until you injure yourself, oh, and so then it all goes out the I window. I don't do sport. I'm safe. True. Yeah. Shall we talk about the Serena Williams cat suit controversy? Serena. Oh, Serena, my queen, my angel. I just don't understand how it's possible to be like the actual best at something in the universe and still just have some fucking dweeby admin dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like deciding something for you because he thinks yep. that that's the best thing to do. He doesn't realise that actually you are better and more powerful than he will ever be. Yeah. Because actually when people are really good in their discipline, 
how they present themselves often becomes the aspirational way of presenting yourself or becomes the norm. So mm. Bob Charles, golfer. Yeah. Uh, stupid pants. Really stupid pants, <laughs> but the Bob Charles golf shirt. So he, uh, the, the shirt was named after him. It's a, a cotton knit, stretch knit thing with a gusset under the arm. Oh, wow. And a, and a, a word. polo shirt. It's a polo <laughs> shirt with a gusset. And, um, and it was a bit of a um, crazy, wild, new thing to do, I think, in the 60s or 70s when he was hot as a golfer. But because he was the best in the world, everybody went, that's the kind of shirt yeah. we're wearing now. We're wearing mm. the Bob mm. Charles shirt. Right. So, and when uh, cyclists or swimmers wear some amazing outfit and win a gold medal, everybody wears that outfit yeah. from then on. That's, I mean, that's the whole basis of the sponsorship sports person mm. model. Yeah. You wear our things, people will buy our things. And there's more fabric in a cat suit, so you could yeah. charge more. <laughs> yeah. Just they're not thinking And it's logically. a cool, she looks cool. She looks great. You can so only amazing. deduce that he has just decided the shape of her yes, that's the mm-hmm. problem. is offensive. That is mm-hmm. exactly and that is what is so offensive about the decision mm. because it is actually quite a modest outfit. It's really modest. You it's a hell of a lot more modest than the mini tutus that they usually yeah. wear. Yeah. Which I are also the, fine. I want to see the knickers when the skirt goes Yeah, up. but it was black as well. So yep. it was just like she just looked mm. like a panther. She yes. looks like a cool That's the problem, right? Who was going to kill everyone. Yeah. But in a good way. Context. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, like a French, it's like a French tennis guy, right, who has basically yeah. banned Serena Williams from wearing this amazingly cool-looking black. Even cat suit is, like, weirdly gendered and sexualized. Yes. Isn't it? it's, it's a... Bodysuit. It's a bodysuit. Body it's a full, um, full sleeved, full legged Nike bodysuit. Yeah. And he didn't even do it in that, he didn't just say, she can't wear that anymore. He said, we have written some new rules about what you can wear on the tennis yeah. court. Uh, and for example, mm. the cat suit would no longer be admissible. Mm. But also, didn't she need to wear, like, doesn't she have, like, plot, yeah, blood was, clot problems? So she needed to yeah. wear, like, compression gear. Yeah. I think that was the whole idea <sighs> of it. I hope there's some designer sitting in a room with her right now coming up with something that fits their rules but is just wildly sexy and fabulous. Well, I yeah. just personally, I mean, obviously it would be a tough decision to make, but I just wanted to boycott the French Open. Mm. They mm. need her far more than she needs them. True. She's yeah. a, you know, she's yeah. won it four times already or whatever. Mm. She's a multimillionaire. Mm, true. You know, there was some tournament that Venus and Serena uh, boycotted quite early on because one of the organisers called them ape-like. Yeah. <gasps> and this was before they were sort of world champions and gold medalists, and they never played in that tournament ever again, as you oh, would. Oh, my God. And they're probably cooking themselves now. I just reckon they should just tell the French Open to get fucked. Yeah, fair mm. enough. I also saw something on Twitter which is related to uh, Venus and Serena. It was just like two screen grabs of Andy Murray doing like a quick post-match interview oh, yes. with someone. And the reporter says, you're the first person to ever win two Olympic gold medals for tennis. That's an extraordinary feat, isn't it? And Andy Murray just says, well, I think Venus and Serena have won about four each. <laughs> and it, it, just as a classic example of how men can be allies. Yeah. Andy Murray could have easily been like, yeah, yeah it yes, it is good. pretty I'm cool. Pretty hot. That is a, a good mansplain moment. Shining a light. Don't let that shit slide. All right. 
Moving and on. Can oh, I no. just say, that, so one of the commentators, was some person who writes about tennis, I don't know, <laughs> said that they can't watch either of the, the Williams sisters, Serena sisters, the Williams sisters anymore because they're uh, too muscular and they're disgusting and they're boys. And oh. you just don't ever see an athlete unless they're the Williams sisters being described as too muscular. And I think that story would be a really great story for our friend from our page to show to her 15-year-old brother about what happens to women when they are really strong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stronger than men. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a good point. That's true. Before we move on, watch club and book club. What are your recommendations for Um, the month? I'm super addicted to uh, a show on Netflix, a Japanese show called Terrace House. It is a Japanese version of Big Brother. Oh, my God. It's three boys, three girls. They put them in a beautiful house. They don't have challenges for them or anything. They're not trapped in the house. They can go and do their jobs and live their lives and hang out with their friends, but they live in this house together. Um, And being Japanese, the drama is very gentle. It's very intimate. They don't have sex with each other like they do in big, flashy Western shows. Mm -hmm. And for some reason... Because there isn't any big drama, because it's all small drama, it is so much more compelling than any Western bullshit reality (laughs) TV show I've ever seen. They're so respectful, but also they discuss every aspect of their feelings at all times. They don't just act on them. They don't just get drunk and act on them like Westerners do. Mm. They talk about it. And it's... It's just, it's the best, most heartwarming thing ever. It sounds gorgeous. Do you still end up with some villains and people that you like more than others and annoying characters or whatever? But someone will inevitably sit down and say, here's what I think you're doing wrong. I'd like to discuss with you how you think you can do better. Like they have these conversations with each other all the time or, you know, it's mostly about love. They've kind of been put in the house with the idea that they might find love with each other. So they're constantly examining each other about their feelings for other people in the house. It's great. Wow. It's very chaste, really sweet. very undramatic and crazily compelling. Love What's it. What's it called? Asian Terrace. Terrace House. Terrace house. <laughs> oh, my God. God. I've, got, I've, got, I've got the, the what? What, is, what is the big Asian, but stupid rich Asian crazy movie? Rich Asian. Oh, crazy, like, rich Asian. crazy Rich Asian. Crazy Rich Asian. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Terrace House. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Just After that beautiful good. explanation, I'm just going to come in real fast with some Western bullshit. The Bachelor Australia is the greatest show yeah. on free-to-air television right now. If you're not watching it on Bravo, <laughs> you need to get caught up. The Honey Badger. The ex-footy right. player is the perfect bachelor and he's so charming and funny and aware of how weird everything is that it almost like makes it more authentic. Like they're constantly just like, this is so weird. He talks entirely in catchphrases. I love him. Great show. Fantastic. I'm watching I'm watching uh, Black Lightning on Netflix, Ooh. which is um, based on a DC comic series and it's about a family of superheroes and uh, and it's but it's mostly about the family drama, much less than like um, I always get this wrong. I always call it Nicolas Cage, Luke Cage. It's about <laughs> <laughs> it's about the the family dynamics of having a dad who's a superhero and and a non superhero wife and the their two daughters. Um, and yeah, so one of his oldest daughter, uh, this isn't much of a spoiler because it comes in the first episode, suddenly realizes that she has superpowers too. So you've got this um, black lesbian superhero called Thunder, and she's just awesome. 
So, yeah, it's really Is exciting. It cartoon or real life? Not real life. Oh, that sounds oh, good. I love yeah. real life. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, the real life is. I awesome. struggle with a cartoon. Yeah, no, no, hard no, to no, engage. no, really, human drama, human. Mm. Yeah, drama. I love that. Did you watch any of the new Simpsons uh, cartoon? I did. I like fantasy settings. Right. It's like cartoons are already one step removed from me, and yeah. then put me in a medieval town, and I'm done. Yeah, I'm just I'm tapped out after 15 minutes. I'm fed. It's very good though. Yeah, yeah. I've enjoyed it. Um, Abby Jacobson from Broad City is the main character. Voices the main character. Mm. And she's like a um a, a hard drinking carousing princess in a very silly medieval town whose best friend is an elf an an elf and a demon. It's, I think it's quite good. I love it. I like it. What was that called? Asian <laughs> <laughs> Asian castle. Okay. Uh, um, I've also been reading something which is related to television. I got an amazing book of essays about The Office US by Shay Serrano, who is like traditionally kind of a sports basketball writer who is just like obsessed with The Office US. So he's written this book of essays, which is called so Conference it's right Room. Up really. It's right up my alley. It's called Conference Room Five Minutes. And I think you can only get it online. Um, and it's just like, if you're like a super fan of anything, even if it's not The Office, it's just like a total exorcism of like everything you've ever wanted to write about a show that you love. Like oh. putting all the characters as if it was a heist movie, who would everyone be in a heist film? It's just entertaining every like fan fantasy about a show. And it's really funny and really good if you're a fan of The Office US. Cool. Yay. What have you guys been reading? I'm reading uh, Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine. Ooh, which it's really lovely. I'm halfway through and I didn't, if anybody else picks it up and doesn't like it for the first 20 pages, push on, push on. Because suddenly something is revealed that makes you go, oh, I see see what's going on here and it's really <laughs> lovely it's by Gail Honeyman who's a, a Scottish writer and I it's won lots of awards including uh the Costa first novel award for last year and she's um Gail Honeyman is a Scottish writer and she's a uh, first book and she's 46 and I just always like it when somebody's first book is when they're older yeah it's mm. yeah that's um that's an achievement and also I suspect they bring some kind of weird life experience wisdom to it yeah. but it's a delightful book told in the first person about a, a quite unusual woman mm-hmm. that's all that's all I'm going to say I've just been rereading old Sandman comics for some reason I just picked one up because I was tidying my room and a bunch of them fell out of the bookshelf I picked one up and read it and I then don't know what that is. Uh, so Neil Gaiman the fantasy yeah. novelist is his uh, graphic novel series from Let's say the early 90s. Neil Gaiman is American like, Gods. Yeah, yeah, right, American Gods and uh, the Nancy Boys yes. and many other. Stardust, which is one of my favourite movies because I'm a child. Um, <laughs> but he has this graphic novel series. The characters are sort of the physical embodiments of, say, death, delirium, um, and they, they're all siblings, more or less. Um, but death was um, always... It's mostly based around Dream, who's the, char- the main character. And he was sort of like everyone's fantasy goth boyfriend in the 90s. Right, okay. It's just like really cool and deep and kind of like the walking embodiment of Tom Waits' lyrics or whatever. Mm-hmm. But his sister Death was always like the actual star of the series. And I'd just forgotten how much I loved her. I was like Aww, obsessed whoa. with this character. She was actually really like lovely and like smart and serene, as you imagine going to death would be. Mm. Anyway. Where do you get them from? I bought 
borrowed and stole every single one. <laughs> I just remember like getting them in quite different ways because they were quite hard to get at the time because it was the 90s. You can mm. just order them on the internet. I, I suspect half of them belong to friends that mm. I should probably give back at some point. Yeah. No, it sounds like you're very good writing, though. Very good writing. Your friends listen to the podcast? Not the boy ones, which is who I hey. stole them off. Yeah. There we go. Safe. Before we move on, if you enjoy books, you might enjoy The Ladies Literati. The yes. event, two events actually that the Women's Bookshop are holding in, I think, September and October. Um, it's like an amazing kind of. Readers Writers Festival crammed into one afternoon with tea and lamingtons and Cupcakes. an amazing lineup of uh, women authors, including yeah. yourself, Michelle. Including oh, Michelle, I got the November one, and there's I think the other ones in September quite okay. soon. Yeah. and it's a really lovely day. It starts at three and finishes at half past five or something. And so all the writers, there's two halves, which is great, and um, all the writers in each half sit on the stage and they get up and they read something of from their book or uh, if, if it's a cookbook, there'll be pictures up on the big screen of their food and they'll talk mm. about recipes and stuff. But, you know, they'll, there'll be poets and novelists and non-fiction and everything. So you get to meet the writers on stage and hear them read their own work, which is always the – I love hearing writers read the stuff that they've mm. written, mm. hear it in their own voice. Mm. So, yeah, I think you get, like, ten writers per literati. Right. Yeah. It's a pretty good lineup. We'll post the links to that on our Facebook page. Um, you can buy tickets online or I think you can email the Women's Bookshop. Um, check that out. I think it's going to be amazing. When's your one? November. November, I think. Very beginning of November. They're Sunday afternoon gigs. Oh, it's beautiful. Prime time. Yeah, yeah. All right. We've got two bits of good news before we leave. Scotland, first, I think. Hold on, let me read this properly. Students at schools, colleges and universities across Scotland will now have access to free sanitary products as part of a £5.2 million scheme to fight period poverty. The Scottish Government is the first in the world, I was correct, first in the world to make sanitary products available for free to all of its pupils in the entire country. 395,000 of them. Amazing. It's really good. Amazing. And when one country does that, then there's a... You hope there's a possibility of a domino effect. Yeah, mm. just shame the other countries into it. Yeah. Also, in Scotland news, I think the Loch Ness Monster's back. <laughs> just going to say, there's been two sightings this year. Alex has shown me what she says is proof of this. <laughs> I remain unconvinced. You, you can't explain what that mess was. It's a log. It's, it's, it's not it's a log. It's easily explainable it's so by any... Bigger. Can you Random I think Nessie's back to get the tampons. Ah, <laughs> I think I in think a the age where everyone carries an HD camera in their pocket. There's no excuse for a blurry long distance video as proof of anything. I don't know. I'll put it on the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, you, can the have, you can have the You be the judge. The other piece of good news, which has come out of Vogue magazine, which I know where we get all our news from. Mm. Pubic hair is back. Yes. Yay. I've checked in my knickers, and yes, it is. <laughs> Someone left an amazing comment. They were just like, mine's in the front. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. So that's good that's to funny. end on a high. Yeah. Free tampons. Thanks, Vogue. Thanks, Anna Wintour. Let the pubes fly oh, free. It's just like <laughs> permission for what's going on downstairs. I know. The bush. I know. I love that. What's the editorial meeting like? You know, like Anna Wintour just being like, hmm. hmm. 
What haven't we done in a while? Just like an intern nervously putting their hand up. <laughs> I, I think Pippa Care is back. <laughs> I love it. Let's run it. <laughs> Promote uh, that girl. <laughs> it's so good. I think that's the end. We've got one more crucial thing to do, as always, which is our Yas Queens of the Month. Oh, Yas the Queens. Um, I feel like mine might be. We might have the same. We might have I the think same. You might have the same. So I, I figured you might have the same one, so I picked a different one. Okay. So shall I do my different one? And then you okay. can do And then we'll say, the, we'll say we'll ours on the count of time. three and yep. then see if it's Yeah, the great. Same. Great. It'd be embarrassing if it's not her. Uh, <laughs> I would like my Yas Queen to be Lexi Matheson, who yes. is a trans activist. She's... Um, she puts up with that kind of toofy shit daily. Yeah, she's she's cool, a senior lecturer at AUT and uh, just a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And and she's my touchstone for when I get really confused about any of the toofy shit. And I go, Lexi, what the fuck is going on here? And she says, ah, mm. oh, it's what I have to deal with every day. Yeah. So God bless her. Mm. She's wonderful. She's great. The wisdom flows out of that mm. woman like a fountain. She's an amazing woman. Yeah, I love her. All right. Three, two, one. Rose, Rose Montefiore. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Very good. The queen of fucking everything. The first woman to ever win the Edinburgh Fringe Festival Best Comedy Show Prize. First woman and of the colour. first woman of colour. Oh, she's not the first woman. Not the first woman. No, not the first, first woman, woman of colour. had Gatsby won it last year. Oh, my God, that's right. And then went on to do a Netflix special. Yes. Oh, that, she'll be doing one of them. Burn the world oh. down. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, I obviously not, I can't be as excited as Alex's. Alex is very good friends with Rose. They grew up together. <laughs> you can even hear each other when I, whenever I've talked to her and when I talk to you, I, I hear each other in you. <laughs> but just as, as a woman of colour, I'm mm. just so proud and I just think Rose is really great. And I saw that show, Horn Dog. Mm. Is, did you see Horn Dog? No, I didn't. Show? I was away doing my show. And I just raved oh. about it for ages because it was just one of the funniest, goofiest, but smart and just unexpected. That's her, really goofy and ever. smart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then just, yeah, the. The set piece or whatever at the end, I was just like, I didn't see that coming, and it's incredible. And I just think she deserves it. Yes, through and through. I love it. There's been talk of a ticker tape parade on Queen Street. <laughs> of course, <laughs> and there I'm is. well into it. I, love I think it. we could get like a big sculpture of Rose swooping in Wellington Airport, <laughs> just on top of everybody coming in. She'll be on a stamp. Let's have her on a stamp. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's the Yas Queen. Love it. What well a great done. way to end the. I love ending the podcast on a high. Yeah. I'm in a good mood. Oh, my pubes are just tingling. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Standing up, they oh are. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're still here, thank you for listening to the very end of the podcast. Thank you, Alice, for sitting Thanks, here in this Alice. incredibly hot room and recording this. Thanks to the Women's Bookshop for supporting us. Please go and buy a book. Yeah. Because they're doing great business. And they Tell are. them we sent you. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next month. Bye. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.